Welcome to the Region Biome Podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Dean Felix Tricot, a certified integrative health practitioner, level one and two, certified in blood chemistry and functional lab testing. I love helping people with GI issues, weight loss, mold exposure, heavy metals, misters problems, and health optimization. I love helping people get to the root cause of their health struggles and simplify healing. Ready to transform your health? Go to regionbiome.com and click book a call. All the support is greatly appreciated. If you enjoy, please write a five-star review on iTunes or the platform of your choice. Enjoy the podcast and please share this with anyone that this would help. Welcome to episode 20. So today I have the honor of hosting Chelsea Haynes from the Gut Health Agency on the podcast. So we're going to be diving in deep into some crucial topics like trauma, nervous system recalibration, and an often overlooked fear of success. So we're also going to shed some light on how birth control can indeed impact your gut health and why it's so important for women to fully be informed. So again, we're going to be talking about childhood trauma around public pooping. Yes, we're going to talk about that. So important and so much more. And again, before we get started, here's a quick health disclaimer. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. So always seek the advice of your health care provider before making any changes to your health regimen. Quick announcement before we dive into today's fascinating conversation. I have an exclusive announcement for our loyal listeners. We are opening up just three spots into our Vitality Transformer and Ultimate Life Optimization Coaching Program for the month of October. So again, if you have any questions, you can uh, schedule your complimentary strategy call, which all information will be in the show notes. And also, if you don't want to miss any future episodes, sign up to our newsletter. It will not be spam. Uh, so I will be putting that into the show notes for everything else that is coming down the pipeline. Uh, but for now, let's move on to our conversation with the incredible Chelsea. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Region Biome Podcast. Today's guest, absolutely incredible. Um, an acquaintance of, well, a friend of mine, of, of mine's friend, so Ashley. So I have the beautiful Chelsea Ains on the podcast today. Welcome, Chelsea. I'm so happy to have you here. Oh, JF, thank you so, so, so much. I was so looking forward to this conversation. So. <laughs> yeah. Excited I, to dive in. <laughs> yes, I know we, we're going to talk all about poop, nervous system, yes. recalibration. I mean, such a huge, important um, topic and things to really yeah. address, but Yes, it's going to be uh, such a good episode to really uh, dig into uh, and dig into this. So let's do it. Perfect. So I, my first question is to you. I'm like, okay, so where are you tuning in from? I know you're mm. like in the tropics somewhere else. I'm in Alberta, yes. Canada. Where are you in this globe? I am in Panama. So I am about an hour and a half outside of Panama City, Panama in Central America. So it okay. is hot and humid and sunny here. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, a little different in here. It's very dry, mm -hmm. very opposite here. But mm -hmm. cool. now I've never been to Panama, not yet. So you'll have to come no. visit. Absolutely. So um, and so, okay, we talk, I see you online. Uh, I mean, you got got your company started the um, the gut health agency. Mm -hmm. And I mean, your reels are just too funny. I'm just like some of them. I'm just like, okay, let's talk about poop. I love that topic. Such yeah. so much taboo. And yeah. uh, I think like in especially yeah, most 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 people online still struggle with that. But let me tell me like, so what what got you started in this in this journey? Because I think yeah. like we all start from everybody has a form of either pain or a health crisis, which was the case with myself. But what happened to you that really launched your, your company yourself into this industry? What happened? Yeah, for me, it was autoimmune disease okay. that looked like psoriasis. And this mm -hmm. actually, I, it's crazy when I think about it. I'm like, man, this has been something that I've sort of been navigating for my entire adult life. Uh, psoriasis first started popping up on my skin later in high school. And, you know, the more I dig into nervous system dysregulation and leaky gut and, you know, the correlation between our gut and our brain, uh, that really came from trauma that happened, you know, an abandonment trauma that happened when I was in middle school. So it's crazy to see the timeline. My dad left, my mom had to file bankruptcy. We lost our home. So there was this like series of pretty dramatic 
quick events that at the time I just really didn't understand what was going on. And that turned into me becoming this like, oh, well, of course, in order to be safe, love and accepted, I have to be a perfectionist. I have to be an A student. I have to, mm-hmm. you know, do the interna- international baccalaureate program and be a part of all the clubs and do all the sports. And, you know, just this really high performing perfectionist mindset that that is what I thought was going to lead me to safety, love and acceptance and success, you know, ultimate finance, financial success. And the process of that sort of unfolding and sending me into this chronically dysregulated state from a very young age as I was going through puberty, simultaneously doctors popped me on, you know, hormonal birth control because mm. of acne. And, and it was like, well, looking back, I'm like, oh, well, of course I started dealing with autoimmune autoimmunity in high school. And I truly believe that the body is made absolutely divinely and perfectly. And the, our body just doesn't attack itself for no reason. It just doesn't make sense to me. So that's ultimately what catapulted me into digging deeper, you know, this, this deep gut instinct, of course, this intuitive (laughs) feeling that, you know, there's, if my, if my immune system is gone awry, then there's got to be a reason for it because our bodies are miraculous. You know, they can regenerate and heal. And it just doesn't make sense that, you know, our main frontal front line of defense is now just attacking my own cells. It just, there's gotta be a reason for it. And in my case, at least that reason that I navigated back to was leaky gut dysbiosis. And this, you know, again, if we take that even a step further, well, why, you know, at such a young age, 16 years old, healthy, fit, you know, all the things, why was I dealing with these internal gut issues at such a young age. Well, of course, hormonal birth control didn't help anything. Mm. And Jeff, I always like to disclaim here for anybody listening, bless that medicine. If you are on medication and it is helping you, bless that medicine. Truly, this is like a foundational killer that we Mm -hmm. operate on and that we believe in at the Gut Health Agency as well. And we have to be honest about the side effects. And, you know, this this is something we're looking back of, you know, trying to dig into the why of my chronic issues, it's just so clear for me. Um, So hormonal birth control layered on top of chronic nervous system dysregulation and this really high-performing go, go, go mindset compounded with dealing with this sort of low-grade chronic stress at the time. Um, You know, my mom dealt with her own pains in the best ways that she knew how. And, you know, I, I often took the role of at least what I believed at the time of caretaker for my younger brother. And my mom was working two jobs. You know, it wasn't that she was uh, Mm. inadequate. (laughs) She's a wonderful mom, but she was just busy. You know, she was just doing her best to provide for us. So, you know, emotionally and physically, she wasn't present as one might hope to be. But of course, as a single mom with two young kids, she just was surviving as well. So, you know, that, that survival response, the hormonal birth control layered on top of all of that definitely led to leaky gut, which led me down this path of autoimmunity. And that is ultimately what has led me to where I am now, which looks like a roundabout path that started with a degree in psychology and then teaching yoga and mindfulness and then traveling the world, doing that for ages and then becoming a coach. And now uh, founding my own company to help other people do it, hopefully in less than six months. And by do it, I mean, holistically, truly heal on a deep layer rather than the multiple decades that it took me to figure it out. <laughs> I know. Don't we go through the, all the loops and the hurdles yes. of navigating functional health or I mean, medicine in general. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, this is a really open podcast, so I have no limit on topics. So, uh, and again, birth mm-hmm. control, I, I, I have to give really kudos to women because I honestly, as a male man, we don't go through the same shit that you guys go through. And number one, when it starts at such a young age, because if I roll back and go back into elementary school, even, and I, I can't, I can remember some of my girlfriends that oh my gosh, like talking about birth control. And I'm like, as, as young as like 13 and 14. And I'm like, this is, this is crazy. And, and, and like back to 
you know, what you went through, understanding that birth control is, I'm no expert in birth control, but from, from based on genetics and blood work and things that I go through and gut health myself and what, what we both do, from my perspective and what I see and what, from the research, like the amount of nutritional deficiencies, I'm, I'm so, such a huge advocate on nutritional yeah. deficiencies and leaky gut is such a huge problem with that. Or deficiencies lead to leak, can lead to leaky gut, and indeed, yeah. birth control is such a huge thing. But definitely, kudos yeah. for women because I'm like, you have to. First of all, like, what you're a different woman four times of, of, of the month or so. Mm-hmm. I mean, hormones changes all the time, and so I think it's a whole different thing. Uh- <laughs> yeah, and such a crazy, you know, to think back just to like kind of put a pretty bow on that, and then we can move on. It's so wild to think back at this, you know, such a young age. You know, my dad had left. I, I sort of identified as that typical, like, daddy issues, young girl seeking love outside of herself. And, you know, I was sexually active very young. So, you know, the the birth control, of course, was prescribed for acne, which I didn't even really have. I had, like, a couple pimples here, as, like, all normal teenagers probably do. Mm-hmm. But it, it was masked as empowerment. You know, when I really think back 16, 17 years old. It felt really empowering to drive myself to the free clinic and to say, oh, I, you know, I'm taking control of my sexuality and, you know, I, I'm sexually active and I'm going to get on birth control and all these things. And, you know, really thinking back, there was nobody who sat me down and really just looked me in the eyes and said, let's have a deeper conversation. It was just, sure, here you go. Here's your 28 day pack. See you in three months you know, come back for another pap smear in a year. And then I, of course, abnormal pap smears and went through that gambit and biopsies. And, you know, in hindsight, I really just did it all by myself, you know? So Mm -hmm. this hyper independence masked as empowerment at such a young age was actually just deep pain. (laughs) It was just, you know, such a, a backwards, you know, I hope for the next generation of young women being raised right now, just know to ask deeper questions or, you know, maybe our generation of parents now, I mean, again, every generation just did the best that they could with what they had. And thank God we have a lot more tools. We have the verbiage, we have the knowledge to be able to hopefully speak and educate our young people coming up. And, you know, I think one of those things truly is just the the ease of just popping medication when. So easy. Yeah. It was just so easy. And, you know, in hindsight, it really, it really fucked me up for a long time. You know, I'm still dealing with the repercussions of that. And, you know, I I do deeply believe the body is fully capable of healing. But I think even more the emotional component that set me on these emotional tracks of going back and forth from, you know, a, a chronic, you know, like an active conflict versus a healing phase and being set on these like chronic symptom cycles, uh, you know, I think that could have just been prevented or healed, you know, so much sooner, because of course, the longer you deal with these chronic symptoms, at least in my case, I have found the longer it has taken to just peel back the layers, because now the body has the certain understanding, oh, well, when we experience this, our body has to respond like that. And then, it, you know, all the proof, the reticular activating system in our brain that seeks proof of this is the correct way to deal with all these traumas, all these chronic stresses, all these shocking moments. When in reality, if we had been able to just address it sooner with compassion and love and, and less awkwardness, you know, when I really think back to those teenage years, I just felt awkward. I felt awkward. I felt judged. I felt sad. I felt scared. And it was all just masked again by this hyper-independence, women empowerment. I I can do this on my own and the resources are available to me. And, you know, isn't it wonderful to be a feminist? And, you know, in hindsight, it's like, man, that was all bullshit. I just needed someone to give me a hug and to tell me that everything was going to be okay. And like, you know, maybe to, I don't know, have a different conversation than Mm -hmm. just popping pills. And I think like as a young age, it's, it's crazy. Like there was so much fear around like sexuality and things and, um, you know, and, and obviously if I label myself as a homosexual male, I'm like, 
based on gut health and stress. And for me, navigating through coming out and, but yeah. also through navigating through sexuality. Oh my gosh, I can tell you. And yeah. now we're talking about women, but for, for guys as well, going through this. And I think uh, I'm not so huge in the movement. And I had a huge podcast on this with, uh, with Ashley, uh, but this is where I felt myself, what I went through, uh, gut health and digestive wise the stress that I got from that was massive. Uh, are you okay? That makes like, me want to take a deep breath. Like I feel it so deeply in my soul. I know. About it. <laughs> because I'm just like, and even male, female doesn't matter. I think like when you're having a, even like sexual intercourse, like being ready, you know, the quote unquote being ready or being prepped, you know, like, oh my gosh, that the anxiety that I would get when you're navigating, navigating gut, dysfunction or gut health issues and you're navigating through this oh my gosh the stress and I think oh. it's still um a journey you have to remind yourself and you navigate through and I think like gut health in general never stops because man the hustle culture that we have now I'm just like and I I love I love you and appreciate like what you do for and putting this out there because that's why I have this deep connection with you as uh, assist the projector, you know, and, and it's so funny. I ask people this question, I'm like, so what's your design? Like, we're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, what? And we're both projectors. And I'm like, yes. well, you didn't hear this thing? Like human design, you know, I'm like, duh, it's like common sense. And people are like, no. And I'm like, oh my gosh, oh, why do I have to explain again? But anyways, it's kind of funny. This is how I roll. But <laughs> Well, and you know, Jeff, too, it's, you know, when you think about these moments in life, and I think the words that we use are so important. And oftentimes, you know, my clients will say, gosh, this thing happened and I just couldn't stomach it. Or I just got sick to my stomach thinking about this, this moment or, you know, and, and it's a very literal thing, but it's also insight into these emotional shocking moments that we think, wow, there's something to be said about when chronic diarrhea hits or when sudden diarrhea hits or when, you know, we're dealing with chronic constipation, maybe. And we think about this, like, I'm all, I'm all bottled up. You know, I'm just swallowing these moments down and brushing them to the side and not thinking about them again. And when you think about the words that we use, it's really powerful insights into what you know, what are the things, how can we start to look at the mind, body, you know, the brain, gut connection, the, the body, soul connection in a different way? And I think, like you said, we, we've grown up in this hustle society full of doctors who are eye doctors or toe doctors or heart doctors, or, you know, we, we segregate our body into all these different aspects and elements and even gut doctors, you know, it's, I can't tell you how many of my clients come to me saying my problems started with a bout of constipation and I went to the gut doctor and all he wanted to do was, I don't know, put me on some laxatives or I just didn't feel heard. You know, I just felt like they weren't listening yeah. to me. And it really, you know, it, it made me sick to my stomach to even just thinking about that. And, you know, I think just opening our eyes to the wisdom that we have internally to say, you know, there's things that we say, there's things that we feel, and these are all glimpses into if you're dealing with chronic poop problems, you know, like, what is it all about? And for me, again, it's all about navigating the symptoms, right? Like, we don't, we don't expect you to suffer along the way, like, symptoms themselves can actually become triggers for the chronic stress, just like what you said, right? It's like, gosh, I was dealing with this gut stuff, and this anxiety around these really vulnerable topics, my sexuality, like, that alone became anxiety driven, right? So it's like creating their own tracks for triggers, right? We can say, you know, these different aspects of my life, I began to um, not digest fully and allowing ourselves to soothe the symptoms in a mindful way. I think there's so much power to that along the healing journey to start saying, okay, you know, let me use these biohacks. Let me use these tools. Let me use these things that are outside of myself to start to calm the fire within, because there's a lot of value to getting what we would call like that quick win. Oh my God, you actually feel good when you wake up, but you actually had a four on the Bristol stool chart today. That's that, mm. you know, the pain-free perfect poop. <laughs> it's like the best, <laughs> right? Wow. You know, you have that. That's great. Let's celebrate that. So let's use the tools to make that happen. But then also like, let's dig a little bit deeper into 
why isn't that happening more often? Mm-hmm. That's what we like to do at the Gut Health Agency. We just peel back all the layers and it starts with functional testing. You know, I do not know why Western medicine does not do functional stool testing. It's like the most simple, basic thing that can be done. And it's just not, it's just not. And it, it really, really blows my mind. It's frustrating for me. Like you've been going to the doctor all these years and they never thought to test your poop. Like how, how is, how, you know, like they're looking functionally at your colon and your intestines, which is wonderful, but that doesn't tell us the state of the microscopic bacteria that's actually controlling all of these other things in your gut. So yeah, that, that, that was a little bit of a, uh, rampage there, oh, but no, I just think like... there's so much more to be said about the power of our gut soul brain connection. And that's mm. really what we pull in here at the gut health agency. Yeah. And I think it's, I, I mean, I couldn't feel even deeper on that, yeah. that emotional part of how do I feel about with, and I mean, we, and I, every time I always shout out to MDs and what they've gone through, the schooling, it's heavy, you know, yeah. I don't even know as yeah. much work and, and you, it's like, it's a, it's a lot what they go through. And I think, so I can like, it's like, okay, you have to draw a line of like, it's not their fault, but also it's like, we need to move forward. How do we move forward? We need acute medicine. We need it. Like, I'm like, like I always say, you don't come to see me if you have a, a, like you lose your end, like it's not going to go well. I can't do anything, you know? So, (laughs) but if we have food problems, like, yeah, you can go to the gut health agency and, and understand that. And even going back, like I'm like, I always go back to the poop, you know, the poop, just, just talking about poop in general. It's like, I recall my brother way back. He never, this is the most funniest thing. You know, he said one day to me, I don't know why this pops to in my head, but he says, (laughs) he didn't actually know that woman actually poop. Like it wasn't the thing like woman's like in my head, I even grew up with this ideology that women are clean. You know, guys, it's okay if they fart, but women, oh my gosh, don't you dare, you know? And even now, like going to public in public to go have a bowel movement. Oh my, you know, to this day, I still have a little bit, but it's really, you know, once you get things organized, you know, you're kind of schedule, you're kind of like, okay, we can go out now, you know, but but before it was, um, it was very, very scary, especially in high school. School, I think, is a a huge issue. Absolutely. I think about most of our clients who, in particular, the men, we work with men individually and one-on-one. We work with women individually, but also there's like a group component to it as well. But we find that the men who are having chronic poop issues, women as well, you know, but I don't know what it is. You know, like you said, there's something vulnerable about having to go poop in public. It's just is what it is. It's messy, it's smelly, it's noisy, it's, it is what it is, right? It's a vulnerable thing. And heaven forbid, high school is just the worst, or middle school uh, even worse. Like middle school, high school, mm-hmm. it's just the worst. Kids are mean. So you take, you know, the pressure and the stress of what kids are dealing with already. And then you add this vulnerable component to it of, oh man, I got a poop. I mean, you start to train your bowels to hold it all in when you hold it all in all day long. Oh my gosh, did I do this to the point you have cramps to the point you actually have to go home on an emergency? Because like the pain is going all the way back up. Like it's so sharp. I went through this. Oh my gosh, it's horrible. Horrible. It's horrible. And you know, it's, it's that emotional component, I think more so than anything else. And this is, you know, the, the three basic needs of every human safety, love and acceptance, period. (laughs) And if we are feeling a threat to one of those things, we will compromise our morals. We will put ourselves into pain, painful situations. We will sabotage our efforts to be healthy or stay sober or whatever it may be just for the sake of being loved and accepted by our peers, truly. And this is, this is a primal, this is kind of maybe a good leeway into the subconscious brain, right? This is, these are subconscious primal decisions. If you think about like the evolution of humans and any animal that lives in a pack for safety, you know, if, if we were shunned from the cave because we weren't accepted by our, our community, our group, that was imminent death. You know, you no longer have warmth of each other. You no longer, you know, you're out there fighting, surviving for yourself and on your own. I mean, when you think about truly early humans, you know, you're, you're fighting the good fight just to survive every day. And your chances of survival increase dramatically 
when you live in a group. So, you know, being shunned from the group, just like glimpses of lockdowns, it makes me think like, that was the worst thing. Oh, I took you think. Oh my God. I, <laughs> loneliness I, epidemic. I mean, that is not what people need in let's order save to that. heal. We'll talk yeah. about that next. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the opposite of what people need in order to heal. But when you think about truly the things that we will do and the pain and suffering that we will choose to put ourselves through for the sake of being accepted and loved, Mm-mm. you know, sometimes when we step back, we look, oh, thank God, why did I do that? And it's like, well, you know, shame isn't allowed in this conversation. It's only compassion and self-love because, man, yeah, why did I do that? Well, because I was scared. I was scared of getting bullied. I was scared of getting made fun of. I was afraid that, you know, if if I did this thing and I was caught pooping in high school, then and that was it for me. It was a death sentence, essentially. And that's That's a real... It's a true fear of the subconscious mind because if you think about the brain, it lives in a black box. Our skull is literally dark. <laughs> our brain cannot comprehend logic. It can only intake information from our six senses and information from our past experiences. And it takes those two components and it projects into future worst case scenarios because our brain is only concentrated on survival. And that's where hypervigilance starts to come into play, where we start to become obsessive over aspects of our lives, whether it be symptoms or, you know, did he text me back in time or, you know, whatever it may be that we're becoming obsessive about this hypervigilance. Oh, is he okay? Is she okay? I'm at dinner. I think this person's feeling some way. You know, we start to feel like it's our role to control the emotions Mm -hmm. and the reactions of people. And again, that's also a sign of being in a chronic state of sympathetic fight or flight or freeze response and the hypervigilance is how we can start to look at these things and say, oh, maybe my people-pleasing tendencies aren't actually just a personality trait. Maybe it's just a trauma response. And actually, maybe it's not serving me on a really deep layer because, you know, I can't lose this weight or I'm dealing with these chronic symptoms or this anxiety is just like out of control. And I don't know what's wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with me. I had a good childhood. Right? We hear these things all the time. Hmm. It's oh, such a huge, important piece. And yeah. we can't forget that. We have to address that. And yeah. I think the tools out there, this is why, like, as to what we do, and, you know, it's so important because I'm like, yes. you don't get the help out there. You d- truly don't have it in, in the conventional space. Unfortunately, people are struggling. And, and I think you just touched base on a point of um, loneliness. My goodness. If you let that sink, that, that one sink in. And what it means, you know, and when I went through a lot of my studies in blood chemistries and, and still go through and one of that previous mentor that I, I spoke about, like the data on loneliness, on overhaul health and, and you know, death outcomes and things like that. And it's insane. It's insane. It can trump emotional loneliness. And man, I tell you in the past four years, how was that? <laughs> I heard your story and I was like, maybe if you feel like you want mm-hmm. to share that, because I'm like, I was like, oh shit. We all went through so much shit on so many different pieces and, and parts. And yeah, maybe you, yeah. you can chime into that. <laughs> For sure. You know, so my husband and I were nomadic. In 2015, I got divorced. I had my eat, pray, love moment, just to give you some context into, you know, the last four years of our lives. Um, I got divorced, was happily married and happily divorced. That's how I like to explain it. You know, we married with love and we separated with love. We were married for six years. We were young and in love and it was wonderful. But then we just really grew apart and we wanted different things. And, you know, I had my whole sell all my belongings, uh, move into just a suitcase, enjoyed a super yacht, taught yoga on super yachts for many years. And I met my now husband. So we were true nomads to the actual real definition of it. We did not have a home. Uh, mm. When we had time off from from our, you know, we worked full time on these private yachts. So we lived on board. The only things that we owned fit into our suitcase. It was, uh, that alone was, a, I mean, that's a whole nother episode. That was like, talk about a healing experience. Holy shit. <laughs> and there's a few, there's a few four letter words I say, and they all involve poop. Oh my God. A new one I learned the other day was scat. Oh, uh, I was like, scat. That? That is, 
It means poop. It's like a it's like a word for poop. Really? It's, yeah, and you'll have to. I shared a recent reel. This, not to digress, but this cute little like six year old girl. She's like, and this is tortoise scat. <laughs> it's like, oh, my oh God, that, yes, I saw that video. Oh my God, was, it was brilliant. It was oh so God. good. I was like, like, oh my can, gosh. I look at you sometimes. I'm like, oh my gosh, you make social so much easier. And I'm like, okay, JF, like, yes, don't overthink it. And I'm no. like, oh my gosh, I'm just yeah. listen better out than in creativity, <laughs> exactly. content, poop, scat, right? Scatty scat. I'm like, oh my god, this is my new four letter word. Just scat. <laughs> it's adorable. Anyway, I digress. So I think about you know that time being on board, and that was like all of my shadows right in my face. You know, I went from this like cozy community in Charleston, South Carolina. I was teaching yoga full time. My career was taking off. Things were doing well. And then boom, I got divorced. And before you know it, I'm in this very different scenario and I'm traveling the world and it feels very glamorous, but I'm working with people from all over the world. We handle stress differently. Our mother languages are all different. I mean, it is like, I went from like, oh, an empowered female community of women supporting women to like, oh my God, I just stepped back into high school over again. But these are like grown people with a lot of money and it's like a whole different world. Like the judgment, the stress, the pressure, that's a whole nother podcast that we need to talk about at some point. But fast forward to lockdowns and here we are, you know, I mean, we didn't have a home. So here we are in this quote unquote time of unknown and safe at home or whatever that stupid phrase was. Mm -hmm. Talk about a trigger for me. Now back it up to my initial abandonment wounds. Remember we lost our home when my mom filed bankruptcy, like the men in black came knocking on the door and put a notice like Mm -hmm. we are repossessing your home and you need to be out in 10 days. It was, I mean, so here I am now like a whole nother layer of healing where I'm like, I'm, I'm being told that I have to shelter in place, but I don't have a fucking place. And I'm realizing I haven't had a place since I was 12 years old. We've always just rented. And for the last six years, it was a choice to be nomadic. But, you know, Airbnbs can only go so far. Like you can only set roots down in a place that isn't your own for so long. So this was like a whole nother layer of healing where it was like, wow, this is bonkers. (laughs) And, you know, my husband and I had to navigate. He's from the Bahamas. I'm from the States. And he had to leave the States. And we had to find countries that were open and willing to accept us as, you know, travelers during a time you weren't supposed to be traveling. It was the best travel I've ever done. We were like VIP in the airport, VIP on the plane. I know. (laughs) Like literally Mexico was like, bienvenidos, doors are open, come hang. We're like, yes, this is amazing. We got like luxury Airbnbs for pennies on the dollar because no one was doing anything. It was the best, but it was also detrimentally scary, painful. Mm -hmm. My husband was without a job. You know, I was, I had just launched my health coaching business in 2018, 2020 was like, you know, I was just still kind of rocking and rolling with health coaching Mm and trying to figure it all, all out. Simultaneously, 2019, we suddenly lost my father-in-law to gut cancer, of course, like if there's not some symbolism in this. So we were healing from this tragic loss of my beloved father-in-law, my husband's father and best friend. So it was so many layers of healing. And man, at that time, it was like, people need community right now. You and think? all of these people who are who live alone and now their jobs taken away from them and their <laughs> communities are taken away from them and their social activities are taken away from them. I mean, talk about suicide and alcoholism just through the roof and no one seems to want to talk about that. All the people that we lost, these secondary losses. And I'm not saying that, you know, the pandemic wasn't awful. Of course it was. But we also have to look at the secondary layers of how awful it actually was. And loneliness and and lockdowns was a huge piece of that. So fast forward, uh, 2021, we move into our home. We had purchased a condo, which is where I am now in Panama in 2019. So we were like ahead of the game before we realized it, but we couldn't move home because the airport's closed. Mm. So we were stuck out of the country and we moved home. And for the first time, we renovated, we were staying somewhere else when we renovated our condo. And I remember, I think I shared this with you, Jeff, on Instagram, that first night 
we moved into our home that we owned and we renovated and we made our own. I just cried. Mm -hmm. My husband just held me. And it was this like deep sense of like, oh, it makes me emotional, just happy emotional. Like, wow, for the first time in 25 years, I am home. And this home cannot be taken away from us. You know, this home is ours. It's, it's where we can mm -hmm. unpack our bags. And then I went into this deep healing phase mm -hmm. and my body swelled up. I gained weight, psoriasis blew up all over my body. And it felt like, again, this, this huge betrayal of my body. And I thought, my gosh, for 25 years, I've been navigating psoriasis and I've never opted for biologics. I've never chose to kill and suppress my immune system, which for anyone dealing with an autoimmune disease, you know, the only option is to kill your immune system. That's it. And for me, that has just never resonated. I'm like, I'm a world traveler. Why would I kill my immune system? That makes no effing sense. That makes no sense. Mm. Your projector. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Like, why would I kill my protector? Like, why would I do that? I know that she's like fighting the good fight right now, but like, I'm not going to kill her. She's fighting mm. the good fight. So the only way I can explain it, JF, is that when you go into a deep healing phase, when you finally shift from sympathetic I mean, chronic fight or flight. And when you think about, you know, the, the tidbits of my life that I just shared with you, it makes sense that my body was operating on this, what I saw as good stress and high performance. Again, that was actually just this deeply dysregulated stress response. I mean, my body loved being in a manic stressed state, fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And I would, I would rotate between those four states. And I would think, oh my God, is this just my hormones? Is this this? Is this that? No, this was just literally my body truly fighting the good fight. And for the first time in 25 years, my body went. Finally. And I felt the shift into parasympathetic state compounded with the mindset work that I do. So I have a tool called Orpheus Mind Technologies. That I'm yes, I wanted to. Yeah. Yes. We'll talk about this. I mean, it takes EMDR, well, familiar aspects of EMDR trauma uh, treatment, neuro-linguistic programming, hypnosis, EFT tapping, binaural beats, but then it also has its own component to like the pace and the timing of it. It's audio tracks that you listen to. And essentially what it does is it turns the Broca's area of the brain back on. And what I mean by that is when you go into a fight or flight state or a trauma response, an active PTSD uh, flashback, the Broca's area of the brain has less blood flow to it. it. It can be compared to that phenomenon of you get into an argument and then two hours later, you think, oh my God, I should have said this. I should have said that. That's your Broca's area of your brain turning back online. The Broca's area is in charge of taking cognition and thought and forming it into words. So when we're in that state, I think about all the times I was called a crazy girlfriend in high school or, you know, all these times we're like, I'm not a crazy person. I was just truly in a trauma response and I couldn't think, you know, it's all those moments where you feel like, oh my God, I'm in this toxic relationship and I feel like I'm losing my mind. You actually are losing an aspect of your mind is the Broca's area. So what this tool does is it helps to teach your nervous system that we are no longer having to be in a survival state. So it turns that emotional component. I won't say it turns it down. It reteaches how your nervous system can respond to this thing in life. So it's not about bypassing. It's not even about regulating. It's about reteaching that neural response to this trauma, this trigger of this shocking moment in life, this chronic stress. So here I am now doing this deep nervous system work, kind of unknowingly putting myself into this deep parasympathetic state. JF, the body can only heal in a calm state, a parasympathetic state. That's it. So this is where the, the question of symptoms kind of arises, right? These chronic symptoms, autoimmunity, skin issues, eczema, psoriasis, um, IBS, IBD, right? Chronic health issues, even like Lyme's disease and symptoms of these different things that feel chronic. We can start to ask ourselves that question of, well, are these symptoms actually signs that I'm sick or is it, are they signs that I'm healing? 
And I started to play with this thought and I started to reach out to and hire mentors who, you know, believe in the concepts of German new medicine and this body mind connection on a really deep scientific level where we say, okay, on the surface level, we know our body cannot heal when it's stressed. When we're stressed, saliva turns off, motility turns off in our gut, stomach acid shuts down in our stomach bile, pancreatic enzymes, none of it happens. Everything, right? It's like trying to have a pleasant sexual experience without being turned on first. Like, and that's where like lube can be helpful. These are like the biohacks to gut health. Like these tools can be helpful to make eating more pleasant, similar to a sexual experience, right? Lube can be helpful to make it a more pleasant experience. And let's look at like, maybe if we take our time, and we shift into this really relaxed, pleasant, parasympathetic state first, get the juices flowing, then we can experience everything else that we're trying to. But also in that state, not only our, our primal, um, the, the subconscious functions in our body going to get turned on again, breathing, heart rate, sweat, digestion, sexual functions, all these things are going to get turned back on, but so is healing. This is where we regenerate. This is where our skin heals. This is where, you know, if you get a broken bone, what's going to happen? It's going to get inflamed. It's going to get red. It's going to get swollen. You know, cognitively that if a broken bone is swollen, it doesn't mean that it's, I mean, yeah, it means that it's broken, but it, these are signs that you're healing. <laughs> if, if there's swelling around a broken bone, that swelling is protecting the bone while it heals. So inflammation, I think we've demonized inflammation in our body and we're like so afraid to be inflamed, just like we're so afraid to have a fever. It's like, actually, a fever is a sign that your body's fighting infection. Inflammation is a sign that you are healing. So we have to start readdressing how we look at our chronic symptoms because then it allows for this opportunity to say, you know what, maybe I just need to support my body with the foundations of health. Hydration, minerals, protein, you know, sunshine, community, you know, all of these rest, these things that support the healing phase, at least for me, the last two years of my life, I mean, talk about one big sausage finger fest. Oh my gosh, I am swollen. I am inflamed. And as soon as I started to readdress, as soon as I started to look at these symptoms in a different way, that's when they started to complete the healing process. That's when I started urinating out all the excess inflammation. That's when I started seeing, you know, this bloated belly or these rashes start to literally just heal. You know, look at any scar on your body. You think, wow, yeah, that was really itchy. I got a bee sting a couple of weeks ago. I was trying to save a bee. So rude. He stung me instead and Bitch. died anyway. I know. I was like, that is your fault, honey. What is wrong with you? I was trying to save you. And, and then it stung me and died. It's like, well... Whatever. Well, instant karma. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Oh, this <laughs> is such a thing. Yeah. You know, it got itchy. It got red. It got inflamed. But I knew that's because it was healing. I wasn't freaking out. Yeah, it, it was uncomfortable, but I wasn't freaking out about it. And I think that is a really big paradigm shift just to like put a pretty mm -hmm. bow on my, this little rant. You know, if we can start to look at our chronic symptoms with understanding that our body is so wise. And at least for me, when I really look back, I'm like, wow, I haven't had a, I haven't felt truly safe in every aspect of my life until we had a home, of course. And we've created, this is a blue zone. I mean, we got the air filters, we got the water filters, we got the organic, we got, I mean, you name it. We got the red lights, we got the salt lamps, we got the freaking shungites, you know, I, like this. Well, yeah, I have, oh, I have my blocks, like I have these things <laughs> I wanted to say, I look at your reels and I'm like, oh my gosh, I love your shower. I want to shower in your shower. I'm, I'm like, I see the leaves and I'm like the glass. I feel like you're, you're like showering in the window and I'm like, oh my God, this is like amazing. And you know, I biohack that. So when I shower, I put my red light on. So I, I'm like in this red glow with my eucalyptus. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, and the floor is real stone floor, so I'm like grounding while I'm showering. I'm like, this is. I'm coming over. Yeah. Um, guest bedroom is here and ready for you. Oh, perfect. I'm just gonna get on a plane. I uh, yeah. Seriously, PTY Airport. We shall talk. We shall talk. Literally. Yeah, and I think like, man, I can't emphasize, and I think like sometimes. Not to separate two different population, because that's Mm -hmm. what we were really for the past four years, uh, a lot of it. Yeah. And, but I think, like, it's almost like I have, and I think a lot of people don't talk a lot about it, and it's not to, let's stir back the pot. But at the same time, I think there's so many pieces out of this that a lot of people's voices weren't heard, per se. Yeah. That I'm talking about myself, but kind of. Yeah. Uh, you know, you there's there's a lot of that piece that I think so many people went through. Now, it's like, okay, let's move forward. Let's just erase that, forget about it, and move forward. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, there's a huge piece of trauma that hasn't been addressed here. And you still, like, when you have the feeling of safety, the feeling of recognition, the feeling of, you know, kind of all these things that you go through. Um, because, yeah, I mean, you have this innate, you know, you know. You know, yes. like when you've been going through the the hurdles of the medical system and being harm or hurt in some many ways, psychologically, mm-hmm. physically, um, you kind of just develop this second thing of like, I've always been like a critical thinker and like, yes. and I don't really follow rules for the most part. Like, it's like, like always, real like, breakers unite. I do, I do, <laughs> but I don't like, yeah. I just yeah. like, I'm going to do it under like, yours but i'm gonna do it my way you know kind of thing and i'll make my own research and i'll read into it and see if because if that feels hickey in my stomach i'm like "Eh, i don't know Mm. i'm really instinctly with that you know it's like the six two projector in me and then i don't know what's the design i meant to ask you so your projector but like what's your profile two four I'm yeah, a two, two four. Oh, you got mm-hmm. some hermit in you. Yes, <laughs> thought, I do. Yeah. Which is the other aspect. I just Ex- let's talk about that. The, yes. Yeah, and, I just shared like, a little story. How did HD come to your life? Because even not alone, I'm like, man, I'm like, I started understanding my friends so much better, and my mom, yes. and my dad, and my stepdad. And I'm like, wait a minute, my brother who's a projector, his girlfriend's a projector, and I'm like, my husband's a projector. <laughs> good on you i'm like i'm almost gonna put this in my bio I, did i yes. put this in my bio i think i did uh projector like honestly i think life Just is much life. easier with a projector i probably <laughs> you know that hermit thing and and you know it's also i think you know here we are we moved to this new country we were meeting new people we moved home and i'm telling you the hermit in me I did not want to. And I offended some people like i had to make those hard choices where i was mm-hmm. like no, I do not want to go out again to, you know, like, and this is the thing. I'm also a social introvert. This was another, I've always thought that I was an extrovert my whole life. But what, again, I just realized that my entire personality was one big trauma response, basically, you know, like I love people and I'm very social, but the way that I recoup and, and recover is by myself. I am a very introverted person in that way. Like I need alone time. I had a girlfriend come visit for a week a few months ago and my poor husband, he was on a trip. He came back. I'm like, don't come near me. I need like three days to recover just from all the outward, you know, pouring out of energy. So you take that projector combined with, you know, the hermit, the introvert, all the things, but it's like, man, for a solid six months, I was like, I don't even want to leave the house. Like Mm. we have our home. I, I just want to be cozy. I want to curl up. I want to binge Netflix or I want to read a book or I just want to sit here and stare at our beautiful view. Like I just want to be in silence. And, you know, that I think can be scary for so many of us who I think resonate with the high performing, you know, the, the, um, the hustle culture mindset that Mm -hmm. really has gotten to all of us. If we want to be successful, it has to look a certain way. And listen, I am here for the success. And I think there's a difference between, being successful from a, a sympathetic, calm state. And this is something that I, you know, is really nuanced work. And I think for so many of my high performers who come to me with gut issues, it's really having to reevaluate. It's like, well, but I like to be productive and I like to do this. And it's like, well, 
honey, I'm not asking you to not be productive or to just be a veg, you know, a veg on your couch or a bump on a log or a sloth for the rest of your life. You know, the seven deadly sins. I'm not asking you to do that. But what I am saying is we have to notice what state is your nervous system in when you're showing up online, when you're meeting with your clients, when you're doing the damn thing, are you coming from a safe place or are you coming from a triggered place? And it's tough. It's very nuanced and it's very individual, right? And it can be hard like that. Again, that outward energy, we, it feels good. Cortisol feels good. Adrenaline feels good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a, it's a pain relief. Adrenaline is a, is a pain suppressant, right? It's, it's, it feels good. And listen, I drink coffee. Like I do all the things like I love a good buzz, right? But we have to know how to recoup and recover. And oftentimes when we start that healing phase, we will experience this uh, deep rest and it's different than freeze. So, you know, the real I shared this morning, people are like, oh, this looks like a free state. Yes, it does. And again, this is why this is very nuanced. And you really have to learn body literacy and nervous system literacy for yourself on a really deep level because freeze is a triggered response. And only you are going to know the difference between when you're in a freeze state, you know, that unmotivated, paralyzed in action. I just want to sit on the couch and veg, but I'm wired. That's more of a freeze state than I am so tired and I just need to rest. And there's a difference between like, wow, this kind of rest feels so nourishing. It feels so deep. And I can feel my body literally regenerating and healing. Versus I'm in this free state, which is kind of keeping me paralyzed, but I'm also feeling a little bit manic at the same time. And I can feel that my body ain't healing right now. (laughs) It's a very different experience and hard. Oh my gosh. It's like, you know, yesterday I wake up with this pain in my neck. Can't turn to the point I can't look at my ass, but no, it's okay. Yeah. I'm like, if you, see, if you can see your bottom, like you got some, you got some good booty issues. Yeah. Like you got some good booty thing happening here, but no, yes. but like, it's like, I'm like, I was just thinking for a moment. I was like, man, this energy that almost I felt yesterday that KJF, as much as you should be doing this, 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 and that, I'm like, wait a minute, your body is, is really concentrating right now and give, uh, taking all the energy possible right now to heal this thing. And that's why it's, you're so uncomfortable. So it's like, okay, so what should I do? <laughs> should I just push against it? Like, I want to be able to support it. So it's like, I think like, and going back to the hermit piece of it, and I think like understanding your design, I'm no expert in HD, but I'm like, man, I'm like, if you have a two in your profile, I'm like, holy shit, like pay attention because man understanding that sometimes it's like even at christmas i was like you guys you know what i did four days in a row of meeting people but today you go on to your dinner do not take it personal i will stay at home with the dog and i will just netflix and relax and that's exactly what i had to do because i was just like no i I can't do it i'm super introvert extrovert like i'm really really a, a, a people person but I can suck some of those people's energy, you know? Like, <laughs> but you put yourself, yeah. like, I'm much better. But I think I have to understand that, you know, it's yeah. really important. And I think, like, healing takes energy, takes time. So if you bump your knee or whatever it is, don't try to go the opposite. So many people, it's like, okay, well, you know, I'm sick, but I'm still going to go to the gym. Well, number one, your lymphocytes, your white blood cells, it's all your immune system is going to go down. After yeah. post-workout, it does. Not yes. a good thing. So allow yourself that time, that rest. But it's so oh true. my god, I think that, some of the fears that people have too. Honestly, Jeff, just sorry, not to interrupt you. Just oh, to no, add no. To that. It's like good. I just I'm thinking of all the times where you know it's it's such a habit, it's so habitual to say, okay, I'm experiencing this now. What should I do? I can't tell you how many times I get a message from a client. They're like, oh my gosh, I've got a hemorrhoid. What can I do to fix it? Soothe it. Keep it clean and leave it alone. It's going to heal. There's nothing more that you can do to make a scab eventually fall off. If anything, ripping the scab off is just going to make prevent it from healing. It's going to prevent it from healing. Leave it alone. Mm. Keep it clean, but then let it get air. If you keep a Band-Aid on it forever, it's also not going to heal. Like, it's just going to be a weird, wet cut. Gross, you know? Like, I have this thing. I have this image of like let let it hair out. I think Ashley yes. 
legs up. Sorry, Ashley, yes. we love you. But it's like, how uh, yeah, just like a, a sun, sun gazing your, your butthole. Yes. I think it's good. It's just true. do that. Put your red lights, sure. squat, and then put your red light underneath. It is so true. Feel that hemorrhoid. Like, feel that hemorrhoid. Like, let it breathe, honey. Let it breathe. But then, you know, you also think of, like, the emotional components yeah. of, you know, straining when you're gone. You know, it's like, where are you all tight? You know, mm. like, where are you swallowing things down and not letting it smoothly pass? You know, our our tagline at the gut health agency is trust your gut and digest your life like you have to look at these shocking moments in life chew on them digest them absorb the nutrients absorb the life lessons and eliminate the waste let go of the aspects of that thing that are keeping you sick that are keeping you stuck you know what is the was is it the buddha that says this you know they say being angry at someone is like swallowing poison and expecting them to die it's so true. You're just killing yourself slowly with that anger. And, you know, I think the really cool and nuanced thing, and, you know, again, just for like a takeaway for someone here is like, oh my gosh, you guys talked about so many things like, okay, let the body heal, reassess symptoms, but also, oh, damn it, I lost my train of thought because I was going through the list. What was I saying? Let the body heal. Um, let the body just... heal. Oh, right before that, I lost it. I lost it. It came, it went. Oh, Damn it. I had to okay. cross the T dot the I in that moment. Damn it. Well, the, the, you were saying the holding the fear and uh, and just moving forward with it, but not. Yes. Yes. Holding on to the anger. Okay. So thank you. You brought me back. The nuanced part about the nervous system and subconscious work that we do at the gut health agency is we're not, I don't care if you forgive anyone. It's kind of like, again, with the gut health, like I'm not going to ask you what you're eating. Um, you know, we're not even going to look at what you're eating. I don't care what you're eating. We're going to look at how you're eating. What are your habits around eating? What is your emotional state when you're eating? Because if I just say, oh, change what you're eating, it's never going to address why your digestive system isn't turned on in the first place. You know, it's, it's the same thing with anything else in our life. It's like, man, I'm not expecting you to forgive. This, this work isn't about making the wrongdoing right. Mm. But what it is about, is about allowing your brain to come back online and to be able to operate. I'll say from the woo side, it feels like this higher level of consciousness, but what it actually is, is all systems working. Your Broca's area of your brain is turned online. Your reticular activating system is now looking for proof of what you actually know. It's that, it's that like phenomenon where, for example, you're, you're hyper, or you get in an argument with someone and there's a group text. And every single time your phone buzzes, you feel your whole body go, ooh. And even though logically in your brain, you can say, oh my gosh, I know this person's this. I understand the situation. I see what's actually happening. So logically, I should be over this. Why can't I get over this? Well, that's because your nervous system has imprinted that this is a danger. So what we're doing now with this kind of work is we're teaching your nervous system that you don't have to go into fight or flight every time your phone buzzes. Now, this is going to allow you to cognitively connect those dots between what you know in your brain and what your heart and your nervous system actually feel. And it's, mm. I'm telling you, it's a superpower. It's fucking amazing. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, I'm so, so, so indeed like, curious about this. Yes. And I know you have a meeting really soon. You have a call with a client, but I think like we'll, we'll have to do another episode. But the last yes. thing I wanted to like, okay, in this very hustle culture, how like profound is the fear of success. And I, and I caught that last time when I listened to that episode with hash and I'm like, Whoa, that hit, that hit me so freaking hard. I'm telling you this, I think for those of us who are not afraid of the grind, we're not even afraid of failure. Like, you know, we've moved beyond that point in self-development where we're like, there's no such thing as failure. And every failure is a learning lesson, right? Like we're, we're beyond that. We hit this certain level of productivity or output, whatever it may be, however you define your level of success. And I think that fear of success often comes with a lot of weight and a lot of pressure that we believe success requires. Well, if I'm actually successful, it's going to require this, or I have to know this knowledge, or now I'm going to have to hire this person to help me. And 
my God, if I have the money to do that, then I'm going to have to pay all these taxes. Like there's all these underlying fears of, well, I don't know. This is unknown. What would it actually look like to experience a six figure month? I'm not there yet. I'm working to calibrate my nervous system to feel safe experiencing something like that. Yep, but I'm yeah. like, holy shit, I don't know. What would it mean to make a hundred grand in only 30 days? That is really scary to think about for me, right? It makes my palms sweat. I'm like, all right, there's some work I gotta do there, honey. There is work I gotta do there. But you know, maybe that's not even my definition of success. So again, you know, this defining success for yourself might be. I want to be fully present with my children without being overly stimulated, or I want to be able to comfortably sit on the couch and watch a movie without feeling uncomfortable in my own skin doing it, feeling like I have to check my messages or feeling like I have to go do something else. Or, you know, my definition of success would be just, I want to allow my body to heal without being tempted to reach for the next quick fix or the next parasite cleanse or the next microdose or the next this or the next that, right? That's, this is like, all, I speak from experience, yes, right? Yes, it's yes. like, what's that next shiny object that I can reach towards? Like, I want to get to a point where I can allow like success for me mm. would be noticing those things or not even having those habits, not even having that temptation anymore. And of course we live in a capitalistic world where it's really hard because we're constantly inundated with all these things, but Success for me might look like just deeply trusting my gut. Oh, what would it actually look like to experience success in the sense of, oh, anytime my body needed something, I just honored it. Oh, but that would mean I would have to sacrifice happy hour. That means I would have to sacrifice my friends. That means I would have, right? The fear of success involves for many of us sacrifice in one way, shape or form. And that you know, then we start to, we, we get really into it. We say, oh, wow. Then there's these sayings in our society. Every new level is a, is a new devil, you know, and every, you know, it's like with every, I don't know, there's like plenty of these like isms that, mm. you know, we start to notice. We say, wow, I've been indoctrinated to believe that every time I hit a new version of me or a new level of success, then there's going to be a different problem that I'm going to experience. So maybe I don't feel like doing that anymore. Maybe I'm just going to play right here in my safe zone. Hmm. Oh God! That's so good. Yeah, the fear of success. <laughs> oh, it's. Uh, I think more common than we think, and nobody. Yes. It's just. Yeah, I was like, wow, this is so profound. So, what a conversation! So oh, good. this was so good. Oh my gosh! So, well, I I was like, well, we're gonna talk a lot more about poop, but I'm like, no, we talk about nervous system, and I think how profound. So, um, yes. I mean, before you go, what would be yeah words of wisdom is something yeah. that you'd like to share to the For audience. sure. You know, as far as gut healing, well, I have, we, we have a very, talk about poop and human design and all coming together. We have a really fun poop horoscope quiz. Get your poop horoscope. It's linked on my Instagram, your gutsy gal. It's informative. It is fun. We really worked hard on this. You get specific results and you get specific, like those first three tips to actually start healing your gut based on your individual results. So that's just like a really tangible thing that you can do now. Go take that horoscope quiz. It's linked on my oh. uh, Instagram. Um, so oh, that's really sorry, you yeah. freeze you freeze for the past like oh. the, like the last like 15 seconds. So yeah, if you were talking about the uh the, the your quiz, your quiz. Yes. The poop horoscope quiz is amazing. It's just a fun, free, tangible step that you can take now as far as like, okay, I'm dealing with this gut stuff. I see, I believe and feel that there's like a deeper layer to it. My nervous system, my stress levels, all the things, you know, what you talked about. So this poop horoscope is just like where it's at and it'll give you actually like three steps for your unique results based on your poop horoscope. So that's linked on my Instagram, your gutsy gal. That's just like a tangible thing. But I will say like taking a step back, like the words of wisdom I would offer is numero uno, just take a deep breath. And when it comes to healing your gut, your body, longevity, you know, living a long time and thriving, doing it, start asking yourself, not is it like, what am I eating and what am I doing? But how am I doing it? Mm -hmm. How am I eating? How is my nervous system? You know, you could exercise and be in a calorie deficient all you want. 
But if how you're doing it is from this place of self-hatred and stress, long-term, you're going to just, you're digging yourself a deep hole. And the way through it is straight through it. So when you do start to notice that you're shifting who you're being rather than what you're doing, you will go through symptoms of healing, which might look like exhaustion. It might look like rashes. It might look like hives. It might look like a quote unquote flare up. And I would really just encourage you to remember that your body is divine, literally made by God. Like if you want to see the most woo-woo and science combined, watch a, a timeline of a fetus growing into a person from beginning to end. It's like, it's, it's magic. It's literally magic. And that is inside all of us. So whenever you start to feel a little bit down, a little bit like, all right, these symptoms are starting to get intense. This is uncomfortable. Healing is often uncomfortable, right? Think of the bee sting. It, it was uncomfortable as hell. It was itchy. It was swollen. It was not fun. But look, a week later and, it, and, and she's, she's perfect. <laughs> I can start bossing people around at this point to finger right. again. <laughs> right? That's my two projectors. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you. And then I'll leave everything, your information in the show notes and how can people get, you know, that little quiz. Uh, yes. try it. And so then, fun. you know, people want to desire and, and reach some help and can reach out yeah. for like a health agency. But absolutely, it was so good to have you this on. We'll so definitely fun. do another think, episode. <laughs> yes. I was going to say this is part one of many. And we yeah. have lots of different rabbit holes that we could even go down. But thank you so much, Jeff. Well, this was so much no, fun. And I can't wait a, to do it again. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Regen Biome Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly or seeking private one-on-one health coaching, or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, regenbiome.com or on Instagram at Surcot underscore JFT. Thanks again, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.